0: all right all right all right all right right. day 208 team welcome back to the windows and mirrors podcast my name is keith and remember this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the bible is more like a window than it is a mirror we come to it to see through and to see god not to it to primarily look at it and see our all right so we're in uh the midst of these restoration prophecies and visions that my man ezekiel is seeing from the lord god himself and last time we ended off talking about ezekiel 36 right ezekiel 36 is this very like uh uh um, popular, you know, memorable text, the new heart, new spirit, hearts of stone, hearts of flesh, whole nine yards, Holy Spirit. Um in Ezekiel 37 though, is it's a little bit slept on. I ain't gonna hold. It's a little <laughs> it's a little slept on in, to, in comparison to Ezekiel 36. But it's it's fire too though. So um it actually goes hand in hand with the previous chapter so basically here in 37 we have um this scene that is uh, known and maybe it's uh, headed in your bible as the valley of dry bones right so god is going to have ezekiel prophesy to these bones in this field that are dry it says this he said to me prophesy concerning these bones and say to them dry bones hear the word of the lord this is what the lord god says to these bones i will cause breath to enter you and you will live i will put tendons on you make flesh grow on you and cover you with skin i will put here it is again breath in you so that you come to Life, Then you will know that I am the Lord. Uh, one of the things that he continually says throughout this chapter, he keeps using the word it's translated breath. Uh, the word is Ruach. It's it's also um, the word for spirit. And so what many have pointed out. Is that in this text, what Ezekiel is saying is that these bones are dead and they need the spirit. This God has to send his spirit so that the bones could live. Now, who are the bones? Right. Who who are the bones talking about? The bones is the house of Israel. Right. The house of Israel is dead. Right. And. The house of Israel needs to be brought to life right he even says uh, this right here in verse 12 therefore prophesy and say to them this is what the Lord God says I am going to open your graves hear this and bring you up from them my people my people and lead you into the land of Israel so in other words he's saying hey Israel is dead Israel is in the grave symbolically and the bones are dry now when bones go dry that means that bones uh, the, the person that whose bones they were they, they've been dead for a while <laughs> and so Ezekiel is again prophesying to these exiles exiles cats been been wilding for such a while they are they're in a a state of spiritual deadness and god has to has to say i have to perform a resurrection now i've said it before on the podcast and there's so much here i could go into i could go for 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 hours for sure but um one of the things that the prophets are going to try to show in the bible old testament for sure is going to show that exile was equated with death and so this is a clear picture for us that no no when when israel went into exile it is as if they died this is why the restoration from exile where he's talking about in all these chapters is considered a resurrection and so uh we have to remember the context and the movement of history that that takes place in scripture now ultimately this points to the resurrection of jesus and the resurrection of all of god's people but i think here too we have to remember that this resurrection isn't it isn't um singular it's it's corporate Right. So this is all of God's people being raised up. And this is why Paul in first Corinthians 15, fam, he's gonna say, no, 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 Jesus rose from the dead, fam. You you don't, you missing it. Jesus rose from the dead and he is the first fruits of those who are fallen asleep. So in other words, he is uh, a part of the whole harvest. He is a part of the corporate resurrection, but he precedes us in time, but not in content. So in other words, it's one resurrection that happens in two parts. And Jesus is the proof that we actually will be raised. I know that's a lot, but it's so good when you actually sit back and think about it and so the lord is saying no, no no, this has to happen by my spirit and this is why romans eight eleven says that um the same spirit that raised christ from the dead lives in you that resurrection power that raised jesus up uh lives in us and this is all here in ezekiel 37 he goes in so um 38 comes and it interrupts the the restoration vision that we've been talking about um and it talks about my man uh ezekiel and he's prophesying to uh, a person named Gog right so uh, Gog is a very mysterious figure uh, many people would say that this is a historical person but they are uncertain of who he is however they mentioned that the name used here uh, talked about future events right in future in uh, uh, future occurrences in in history and it actually transcended this historical moment so whoever he is right he serves as uh, in this passage uh, the main function to show that in the future the Lord will raise up an enemy and allow this enemy to come against his people as he's did with Babylon and Assyria and Hona. Um, but ultimately, the Lord is going to thwart the invasion, rising to defend his people and their land. And so the Lord's purpose in summoning Gog, whoever this is, becomes clear. He must repair his reputation in the eyes of the nations by showing himself powerful enough to defend his people. In other words, the whole thing that God has been saying this whole time, he's like, no, like fam, uh the way y'all are acting, y'all people are profaning my name. The nations are acting like, are acting like uh i'm nothing right like i'm not the god of the universe and so what i'm out to do is to be zealous for my name and my glory and my reputation because i want the nations to recognize real real need to recognize real they need to recognize who i actually am and so in 39 38 started it off, 39 comes to finish it, and it goes into the defeat of this figure Gog, right? And so, uh, once again, uh, the Bible is just so uh, intricate and interlocked, and it is just dialogue, di- dialoguing with itself in, in, in different texts. Uh, many have, have have pointed out that what happens in chapter 39 echoes the language, or Revelation echoes the language that happens here in chapter 39, and so uh, what some would say is that, hey, when you read 39 carefully and you read the book of uh, Revelation, it the, the two kind of uh, narratives uh, mirror and reflect each other in certain ways at the battle of Armageddon, right? In the book of uh, Revelation, where the Lord defeats Satan and his enemies and the hosts and demons uh, of hell. And so um, Yahweh puts them away for good. And you see here in this text, Uh, some some imagery uh, of that later text revelation so in other words what Ezekiel is receiving is a revelatory vision from the Lord that happens in history but uh, on a small scale right so what God does here he will do on a much larger scale in the last days in the future and by the way Ezekiel fam oh my God Ezekiel is used so much by uh, uh, John right the gospel of John and John who we believe wrote revelation as well verse 6 says this i will send fire against Magog and those who live securely on the coast and islands then they will know that i'm the lord so i will make my holy name known among my people israel and will no longer allow it to be profane then the nations will know that i am the lord <laughs> the holy one in israel uh yes it is coming and it will happen this is the declaration of the lord god this is the day i have spoken about once again this victory by the lord is not arbitrary or for gloating purposes he's not just like he want to win fights right but it's for missional ones right the great acts of the Lord in history have a missional function so that the nations and peoples of the world will come to him and see him for who he actually is right. 40 comes and in chapter 40 home stretch, we're coming in on a home stretch of the entire book of Ezekiel and beginning in chapter 40, all the way to the end of the book, we have one vision, right? So 40 to 48, uh, famously known as the concluding vision of the book of Ezekiel and this vision that Ezekiel sees is one of a new temple. Now mind you, the temple in Jerusalem has already been destroyed. And so what the Lord does is say, "Hey, I'm actually going to restore and show you a new temple." And remember last week, um in the days, or not last week, la- yesterday, and uh Earlier today, we've been we've been talking about how the Lord has been given all these prophecies of restoration, which included new hearts, new spirits, experience of forgiveness of sins. Right. The people being united, Israel and Judah being united, all of that. And here he shows the way in which God will be with them in the midst, in their midst. Right. And he will build this new temple. Right. Uh, Among his people. And so what I love too, is that um, this text gets very, very detailed, right? It's going to talk about the outer gates, the inner gates, and you'd be like, yo, why is he giving so much detail? Uh, Because they're important. (laughs) And why are they important? Well, when you go back to the book of Exodus, right? 25 chapters, 25 to 40, uh, you see details about the tabernacle. And what many have pointed out is that the details in the back half of Exodus actually mirror and reflect the details here. In Ezekiel. So in other words, what the Lord is saying is, no, 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 like, no, I'm going to have sacrifices. I'm going to do the whole nine yards because uh, I am preparing a place for my glory to dwell in the midst of my people, just as I've always intended. Right. And I love it because the Lord, the Lord doesn't do plan B's. Right. He doesn't he doesn't have a plan B. Right. Why? Because it only distracts from plan A, right? And plan A for God, since the Garden of Eden has been to dwell with and among his people in holy uh, fellowship and sabbatical rest, displaying his glory, right? In a new creation as king over them. And that's that's been the goal since the garden. And God in history, the whole redemptive drama of history is him making good On that goal. And the beauty of it, the beauty of God making good on that goal is that we're beneficiaries of it, right? We get to benefit from being with God forever. And that's 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 what we were made for. And so our hearts long to be with the Lord. And the beauty of it is, once again, is that the Lord wants to be with us. Let's pray. God, we ask that you would give us insight into these texts, Lord. I pray, Lord, that today we will remember that you did what you did you sent your son to live and die for us so that you could be with us i pray lord that we would look forward to that day and we would live in such a way now that our lives testify to your glory and what you're doing in history it's in christ's name we pray